Hallelujah. I heard, turn, turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John, the fifth chapter. Had a conversation with someone here a while back, and they were arguing their viewpoint, saying that, that um, praise is not just something we, praise is not just this little hot button that we push um, when we're in a storm, we're in a struggle, and we're in a battle. They were even arguing the, the, the point that we don't fight battles through praise. Well, I happen to disagree with that. Amen. One of the best things you can do in a battle is give God glory. Give God praise. And I was reading here just a few days ago in the Word of the Lord, forget where it was, um, off the top of my head, but the writer was communicating that in battles, in fights, spiritual battles, he was writing of. And he said, in an essence, I can give you chapter and verse if you want it later, but in essence, he said, the way we fight our battles is with praise in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand. So the way we fight, the way we win, is not by our own might, it's not by our own power, but it is by our praise and the Word of God. Amen. Wish I had somebody that believed that with me here in the house. Somebody said, Amen. Amen. Don't get quiet. You'll make me nervous. Amen. When, when the crowd gets quiet, I get nervous and I tend to preach a long time. Amen. I'm playing. So good for us to be here today. Amen. We so enjoyed being here last year and um, are honored to be back with you today. And uh, we give honor to your pastor and his wife, the Buford family, such wonderful people. Uh, that I so appreciate. They've been so very kind to us, and I appreciate their friendship and give them honor today. Amen. The Gospel of John, the fifth chapter, verse number one. Anybody believe the Lord is going to speak to us today? Anybody come desiring something from the Lord? Amen. John chapter five, verse number one. After this, there was a feast to the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew or called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him in verse 8, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. I wonder if there's anybody in the house of the Lord today that still believes that there's power in the Word of God. There's power in the preached Word of God. And when the Word of God goes forth, things will always happen. 
Things can be changed. Atmospheres can be shifted. Chains can be broken simply at a declaration of the Word of God. Amen. And I'm going to do my best today to preach what I feel in my spirit for this service. I understand it's already 1055, so I'll cut some stuff out. Amen. But I believe the Holy Ghost is going to help us today. And I believe God's getting ready to do something great in this house. Is there about three of you that believe that with me? Is there, is there at least three that would say, Amen, there's something good God's desiring to do in this place. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Okay. On a certain day, Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem for a Jewish feast. And in John's writing, he tells us that his travel route brought him by the sheep market, and then to a pool called Bethesda. Under the five porches of this pool, John tells us that there laid a great multitude of impotent folk. Why did they gather? You ask, their gathering together was for this reason. An angel would periodically trouble or move the waters of Bethesda's pool, and whosoever stepped into that Water first was completely healed and made whole of whatever sickness or disease it was that they possessed. So John spends a few verses here in chapter 5 describing the plot and the setting and some of the characters around Bethesda's pool. He paints a picture for us that there were blind men tapping around the pool. There were lame men limping their way through the crowd. There were those there with withered hands. There were mute men dreaming of the day that they would talk. There were paralytics lying along the poolside. May I add today that their gathering was not to swap surgery stories. They had not gathered to compare medical prescriptions nor had they come to one-up each other with their diagnosis. But rather, the crowd had convened and congregated for the single purpose of receiving their healing. To put it so simply, they came because they desired to be different. They longed for a change to take place in their life. Kind of sounds like church, doesn't it? We all have our own stories. We have our own problems, our own dilemmas. We all fight our own battles and, and wade through our own situations. Yet we put all that aside and we gather together in one common place under one roof for the purpose of experiencing Experiencing the power of the Almighty God. A power that is greater than our circumstances. A power that far surpasses the magnitude of any singular problem that we face. I've come to preach to somebody today and tell you right here in this place, you are in a position today where a breakthrough can meet your problem. You are in a place today where deliverance can find its way into your spirit. You're in a place today where healing virtue flows and whatever you have need of, it is possible here in this house. Man, 
That is why we gather. That is why we come together. I alluded to it a moment ago, but that is why we wake ourselves up on a Sunday morning. That is why we come to the house of the Lord. That's why we put on our suits and ties and comb our hair and hopefully brush our teeth. Amen. Because we come to a common place and though there may be a crowd and there may be others, we come desiring that there would be a a difference made. We desire a transformation. We desire that God would show up and show forth his glory. I'm telling you, I've come to the house of the Lord today. Amen. It'd be real easy and I'm getting there real quickly. Amen. Because of some some stuff going on in my own life. But it's easier for me to come to the house of the Lord and get mad at the devil. Amen. Because I refuse to let him cheat me out of anything that God has destined to be mine. So I come into the house of the Lord today not with a bad spirit. I don't come mad at you. I don't come mad at the Lord. I come mad at the devil and with a made up mind that I'll do whatever I have to do to see his glory revealed. I'll do whatever it takes to see his power demonstrated in our life. I came to, to be different. I came to experience the power of the Lord. John paints this picture and then in verse 5 he narrows the focal point of the story to an impotent lame man who laid there by the pool, just one of the many that had come to Bethesda with a need. Jesus appearing to just pass by takes notice of the lame man's condition automatically becoming aware that he had been now a long time in that case. For 38 years in fact this man had been plagued with disease. For 38 years he had been dependent upon others to to, to bring him to the pool and help him navigate his way through life. And on this particular day that John was writing about I'm sure the lame man arrived at Bethesda's waters just just like any other day, just anxiously anticipating, hoping uh, that this would be the day uh, his own life would be changed. Uh, he hoped that today uh, would be his opportunity to step into uh, the troubled waters uh, of Bethesda's pool. Uh, but this stranger approaches his cot uh, and asks him a peculiar question. Uh, Jesus said to the lame man, Wilt thou be made whole? Uh, the way we would interpret that in our terminology today is Jesus asked him do you really want to be well do you really want to be changed? Do you really want to be different? And at first glance, it appears that this man's question or response to Jesus rather was just an excuse. The man responds to Jesus and says, Sir, I have no man to help me when the waters are troubled. I've got no man here to put me into the water. For every time the angel swoops down and troubles the water. Somebody always beats me there first because I have no man to help me. And I've preached it from that from this angle before. It sounds like the lame man is making some kind of excuse. But I've come to see it a little differently here of late. It seems to me that the lame man's statement is proof of his understanding of how severe his own condition really was. 
I believe the lame man had already come to the conclusion that he could not get better by himself. The lame man had tried to scoot his way to the pool, but he just did not have enough strength. He had tried to crawl toward the miraculous when the waters were troubled, but he, his limitations were always too great. Therefore, the, the lame man realized that if I'm going to be different, if I'm going to be changed, then I have got to have some help. I need somebody without the same limitations that I have. I need somebody with more power than I possess in and of my own human ability. I need somebody that is more stronger than I am. Therefore, may I submit to us today that maybe the lame man's response to Jesus was not some kind of denial of desire to be well. Maybe it was a display of understanding. Yes, I want to be well, but I have got to have some help. I can't preach every nook and cranny of this story today, but let me pause and say before before God can change us, before God can really do, amen, what he desires to do in our lives, it must first be left up to you and I to come to that same revelation that I cannot do this on my own. I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. I can't fix the problems of life. I can't fix sin. I can't fix my own hurts. I can't fix my own wounds and my own regrets. I need the power of the Almighty God. God. I need, like the lame man, somebody that's stronger than myself. I too need somebody with more power, more grace, more love, and more mercy. And I've come to preach to some wonderful people here today that whatever you are needing, don't be dis disillusioned or fooled by the lies of the adversary. You cannot fix it on your own. You must be dependent on upon the power of the almighty God. What was it? I believe it was the word of the Lord when it came to Zerubbabel. It said it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how loud of a personality you have. It's never enough. You've still got to have the power and the spirit of the almighty God. Amen. The lame man, he wasn't the only one dependent upon God. He wasn't the only one dependent upon something bigger than himself. The very waters by which the lame man waited were also dependent upon God and his word. May I tell us this morning that there were no special powers. There was no special significance to the water in Bethesda's pool. The only real worth of this water was that God would use that water periodically as an instrument of healing when the angel would trouble that water. And my question to you today is this. What controlled the moving of the waters? Who was it that told the angel to visit that pool and move those waters. May I be clear this morning that the source of the water's power was the word and the command of God. 
For the water alone could not heal instantly. The water alone could not release any virtue. The water alone could not transform anybody's future. The water was just a process that God used. Therefore, the water was not self-powering. The water was not self-sufficient. In order for the water to make a difference, in order for the process to perform, it was dependent upon the word of God. And I've come to preach on a Sunday morning that just as the waters of Bethesda were a process that God used, so is this very service in this very sanctuary. For the only power that we have here today is what is given to us from above. Thank God for good talent. Thank God for charisma and personalities. Amen. But there is no power in those things. There is no unction. There is no anointing in just sheer talent and charisma and a likable personality. Thank God for all of it. Amen. But what we need here today is the power of the almighty God. That's what you're feeling here today. That's what we come to experience. It's not the effects of a personality, but it is the power of the Almighty God. It's not something we conjure up in our our humanity. It's not something we muster up and we manufacture, but the power, amen, to save, the power to deliver, the power to tear down the strongholds of the enemy, that power only comes from above. What I mean by that is without the power of God, we're wasting our time today. I hope this is all right. Is this okay? Amen. I hope I'm making sense. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm pre- I'll preach to myself if it don't hit nobody else. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If we don't have the power of God today, we are wasting our time. If, if the anointing isn't here, then we, we might as well go eat fried chicken and call it good. Amen. But if we can get the anointing in this house, as long as we've got the power of God here, baby, that is what makes the difference. That is what really keeps me coming back. Amen. To the house of the Lord is if I can just feel His presence. If I could, that's the glory of the church is that God shows up in this house and I'm telling somebody today it doesn't matter where you came from or what you're dealing with there's an almighty God here today there's a power there's an anointing there's a presence here today amen and it is unlike any other thing in this world we've got to have his power and I say that so boldly I say that so convincingly today because the service itself cannot change us the praise team alone cannot move you amen the preacher alone can't save anybody the sermon all by itself cannot deliver. I'll really mess with you now. The tithing envelope all by itself can't bless anybody. Man, it's been good coming to the lighthouse. Maybe I'll see you in the rapture. Hallelujah. Amen. The prayer line alone can't heal. 
The shout alone cannot loose your spirit. The tears alone can't mend what is broken. The victory march itself is not what gives you the victory. The altar bench alone cannot set you free. I'm telling us today those are just processes. And the process is always subject to a higher power. I'm going to give until I've got nothing left to give. Amen. But I'm not giving unless there's a power that shows up. Amen. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship with the praise team. But I'm not praising their ability. I'm not praising their talent. I'm praising the God that gave it to them. And I'm trusting that when I give him praise, his power will come down. Here's the tragic thing. There's a whole lot of people that come to church and God really can't move in their world because they're seeking a process instead of the power of the Holy Ghost. They've they've somehow put all of their faith and built all of their hope in the validation of processes and they have sacrificed the power of God moving in their lives. Don't get me wrong today. I love church. I love our music. I love our worship. I love our preaching. I love everything about church and we need it all. But this is my sermon today. God forbid we become so good at performing the processes that we sacrifice the power of God moving in our midst. Yes, we sing, but this is no concert. Yes, we dance before the Lord, but this is no club. Yes, we speak before a public audience, but we do not perform. I know maybe this ain't what you was expecting on a Sunday morning. Amen, this is just what the Lord told me to preach today. Amen, he told me to challenge somebody in this house that we don't get get ourselves up on a Sunday morning, get dressed up, gather together just to rehearse our processes. We gather to be refreshed and renewed in his presence. And I never want to get to the place where I seek the validation of a process and sacrifice the power of God. Here's here's why you can't put all your hope in a process. You ready for this? Sometimes church gets canceled. Reason you you shouldn't put all your hope in the process because sometimes the service don't go like you think it should. Sometimes the agenda gets thrown out the window. Sometimes a preacher don't get to preach. Oh, I told I told you I was gonna mess with some of you today. Sometimes a prayer line don't happen that service. Some, sometimes sometimes the, the praise team gets sick and all goes to general conference early and everything ain't like it always is last Sunday. Sometimes th- things are different. So, sometimes things don't measure up to our preferences. 
I hope this is all right. You can, you can straighten me out later. Amen. Sometimes things don't, don't measure up to our ideals or the way we expect them to. Amen. Therefore, we need more than a process. We, we don't need to have all of our eggs in the basket of a good process making us feel good about our religion. Baby, the process, thank God for it. We need it. Amen. But the process is for one purpose, to get the power of God down. For the power of the Holy Ghost is really what we come for. So I'm preaching today, we need more than a process. We need the God of the process to step into our world. It's 11.15, I gotta hurry. Some scholars say those were the very feelings of this lame man at Bethesda. They say he had come and he had asked enough questions to know the depth of Bethesda's pool. And some scholars say that the pool of Bethesda in some places very well could have been up to 30 feet Now remember, we're talking about a lame man, a man that cannot walk, much less swim. Therefore, I believe when the lame man said to Jesus, I have no man to help me to the pool. Not only was he admitting that he needed help, I believe he was also admitting his fear of the process. Because if the process failed him, If he got in that water at the wrong time, if he was too early or if he was too late and the process didn't do for him what he thought it would do and if there was no man there to catch him, this lame man knew that he could drown in the water of Bethesda's pool. Realized that without the power of God, he had a great potential of dying in the process. And I know I'm preaching strong today, and it's maybe not the normal Sunday morning message. Amen. This is a little bit different than I even planned it to be. Amen. But we all know a lot of people that have died in their walk with God because they put all of their hope in a process. They thought if I just show up on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, if I just pay my time and I do everything pastor asked me to do then I I got it going on and I'm going to boom shakalaka my way right into heaven I've come to tell somebody today it takes more than a process you can die in a process but where there is power where there is anointing where the presence of God shows up you'll never die Oh, I wish I had somebody that would help me today. I must be, I must be helping somebody. Amen. Because I feel a bit of pushback in the spirit this morning. I'm just simply preaching. God help us. We need more than water. We need his word. We need more than a process. We need his power. We need more than a good little service. We need the supernatural power of the almighty God. We need more than just a good little Sunday morning sermon. We need to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. 
That lame man had come. I'm going to skip a bunch of stuff. That lame man came to the pool time after time. And the water, amen, the water could not help him until the word released it to That man came to the water day after day just hoping that this would be the day. And I know this may get a little crazy for some of you, but just use your imagination. If the water was able to talk, if the water and the lame man could have a conversation, I'm sure the lame man would show up and say, hey, water, it's today going to be my day. And the water would have nothing else to say to the lame man then. Hey, Mr. Lame Man, I know you're faithful. I know you come every service. You're always here. But, but it's really not a question I'm able to answer. I'm not self-supporting. I'm not self-powering. I'm not self-sufficient. I would love to help you, lame man, but I'm dependent on something else. So really, all I can tell you is to just wait. All I can really tell you is maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. It may not be till next year. The water said, I'm sorry, lame man, but the best word I can give you is to just wait and You see, the water doesn't give us much hope. Processes, thank God for them. Amen, but they're subject to something higher. Therefore, that's why when Jesus stepped onto the scene, notice that lame man and said, do you want to be well? He heard the response. Amen, so Jesus gives him a word. Jesus says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And baby, I want you to watch this. Here's my sermon. What the water couldn't do, the word had more than an enough power to do. What Bethesda couldn't do, the master had more than enough power to do. What the process couldn't do, the almighty God in his power had enough power to perform a healing and a deliverance in his body. Right then and there, when the lame man heard the words of Jesus, as a word of direction went forth, when Jesus said, get up, take up that bed, and start walking, right then and there, the lame man realized there is something in the word that ain't in the water. And I'm gonna close just in a couple of minutes. Amen, sorry for going over time. But I've come to preach to somebody in O'Fallon today, and remind even you that there is something in the word that is not in the water. It doesn't matter what your circumstance tells you. There's something in the word that ain't in the water. It doesn't matter what kind of lies the enemy has convinced you into believing. There's something in the word that ain't in the water. You you can listen to the enemy's lies when he tells you to just show up, pay your tithes, and look the part, but I'm preaching there's something in the word that ain't in the water. You ought to align your life with the word. It ought to be more than just going through motions. It ought to be more than just sitting around and waiting. You ought to step in obedience to the word and find that where the word is, there is power. 
I would love to take the time today. I can't do it. I would love to take the time today and go through the Bible. I'd love to preach from Genesis to Revelation today. All the examples where the word took seniority. The word took preeminence over water. If you really want to know, I'll show you my notes after church if you really want to know. I'd love to preach it all to you today and illustrate to you that the word has always been the highest authority authority. I'd love to even take you back to the first two, three chapter, uh, verses rather uh, of the book of Genesis uh, and prove to you that from the beginning uh, the word, uh, amen, was the highest authority uh, and the word is always greater uh, than water. Amen, but I'll go straight to the end today and I'll preach that just like the waters of Bethesda's pool could only tell the lame man to wait, so does the waters of our own situation. So does the processes of man that are absent of the power of God. All they can do is say, wait. I might can help you, but I cannot guarantee you. I might can make a difference in your life, but there is no guarantee. I I don't have of power. I'm just a process. I'm just a vehicle. And if you listen to the voice of the water, the water will always tell you to wait. The water will always tell you to just hang in there. The water will always tell you just maybe next service. Maybe the next time he brings a better preaching evangelist through. Maybe that will make the difference. Amen. The water will always put it off. The water will never give you much hope. But I've come to preach in the final moments of my message today that though there may not be much hope in the water, there there may not be much vision in the water. There is always hope in the word of God. That lame man had waited for years. He had waited day after day. But when the word went forth, he realized there's something here. There's something in that word that wasn't in the water. There's something in the the power that showed up when he spoke that I never felt just sitting around uh, the banks of that pool. There's something. I felt something when that word of direction donged upon my ears. I never felt that just, just waiting on a process. I never I never felt that just showing up and being one of the crowd. But when I heard the word... When I, I'll take it a step further. When I received the word that I had heard, ah, there was a power that showed up. There was an unction that showed up. I'm telling you, strength started flowing throughout his body. Amen. When the word went forth, something made that lame man want to do just as Jesus said. He wanted to get up. Amen. Let me tell you something. When the word of God goes forth in your life, if God says get up, no longer do you do you do you uh, uh, belong down. Once Jesus told him, rise, take up your bed and walk, his place of belonging was up. He no longer belonged down. He no longer longer belonged on his cot. He no longer belonged sitting along the poolside waiting another day. Once the word went forth, his place of belonging was a, a place of walking in obedience to the word. We close today, and I'm, I'm uh, it's 11:25. Amen. 
I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet all over this building. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Can we lift our hands to Jesus right now? Yeah, Rebecca, 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 yeah, Rebecca